0: Today's Bible reading is John chapter 14, verse 15 to 21. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and if he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spread of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So reading John 14 from verse 22.
1: Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us? all this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away, and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come, come now, let Mm -hmm. us leave. Amen. And thanks be to God for this, his word. And Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my God. Amen. Oh, If you've been coming regularly, we're continuing in the, uh, the Gospel of John. And if you've missed any parts of the series, you can catch up on our YouTube channel. BV Church if you just look up BV Church you can catch all of our services there so last week we heard the first part of this chapter which had Jesus comforting his disciples and preparing them for what lay ahead so here they are they're in the upper room Jesus has washed his disciples' feet and they've broken bread and shared wine together with Jesus teaching them the significance of this act. Jesus has spoken about the betrayer among them. And he then drops a the bombshell that he's going to be leaving them. Can you imagine how they must have felt? They spent three years on the road with Jesus. Being taught by him, learning from him, making mistakes with him and have Jesus correct them. And now he's going to leave them. Jesus is communicating his plans to the disciples now because they're fearful and anxious. He's doing it so that they might understand what was to happen and so that they might be prepared for what was to come next. There are a number of things we could learn from this passage, but you don't all want to be here all day. So I'm just going to pick out three key parts. Jesus says, if you love me, he promises the Holy Spirit... And then he talks about the Holy Spirit teaching us. So let's look at part one. If you love me, keep my commands. Now, that's a simple statement. But one which comes hot on the heels of Jesus' command in chapter 13. Love one another as he has loved them. He also commanded them to put their faith in the Father and in Christ. They just need to trust Jesus. Now note that Jesus doesn't just say this once. He repeats it using similar phrases, and you may have picked that up in the reading. In verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And again in verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but if you read the Bible, or read the Gospels especially, and Jesus wants to emphasize something. He quite often repeats it three times, just so that it sinks in. He knows what we're like. One telling isn't enough. Two, maybe you'll get it. Three times you should get it. We all know that if we love someone, we will do whatever it takes to please them, or make them happy, even if it's just the dishes. I might say to my husband, if you love me, where is he? Oh, I see him now. If you love me, you'll try to get some tickets for the game in Paris two weeks today. But that's not the sort of love that Jesus means. If we love Jesus, then we should live our lives according to his way, live our lives following him, keeping his commands, serving and showing love to others we love because he first loved us and out of this love we will want to love him more by keeping his commands then we have number two, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit verse 16. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Now there are lots of different versions of the Bible and some of you may have read some of them, some may have just stuck with one version. But for example, the Greek word paraclete translates in one version as comforter. Another translation has helper or another counsellor. And the NIV, which we use here, has advocate. And the reason for the variations in this term uh, is that this term, paracletos, can't be easily translated into English. Advocate is probably a good word, as are the others. And an example of an advocate springs to mind a number of years ago i was on the children's panel and sometimes a child would have an advocate appointed by the court and that advocate would represent the child's best interests particularly helpful helpful when that child was too young or unable to understand the proceedings the advocate was the support and would speak up on the child's behalf. This reasoning behind advocate, it aligns with what many commentators think, that the meaning infers the calling of a helper to support. Jesus just doesn't want his disciples to feel as though they have been abandoned. He doesn't want them to panic, because They won't know what to do, how to carry on his ministry without him. Jesus understood that the disciples and all future disciples, and that includes all of us, we need God's presence and power because we can't do this on our own. So we have been given the Holy Spirit we have been given an advocate, a helper, to support us. And that advocate has come from the Father through Christ. Another word in verse 16 throws up. It says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. This implies that there already has been another paraclete which is the name for the Holy Spirit, another of the same kind. And that another was Jesus himself. And that's backed up by the verse in 1 John 2, which states, if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. The first promise of the Spirit in verse 16 is reiterated in verses 25 to 31 but the Spirit's gift is controlled in these verses by the first part of verse 15 which we touched on already if you love me so this gift comes out of the relationship that we have with Jesus it comes out of the relationship between Jesus and his disciples which we now have as well It's not something that's earned. And perhaps that is something for us to take note of. But who is this Holy Spirit? And I know that's something we struggle with sometimes. Many of you know that one of my favorite books is this little battered book with lots of notes and things on it. Cath's Livesses, My Sheep Have Ears. And in this, she actually details, quite simply and effectively, reminding us who the Holy Spirit is. And she says, firstly, the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. He is not an it. He's a person, part of the Trinity, with the Father and the Son, with his own personality and attributes, So it's so important that we don't treat him as a utility, rather than a real person, asking for some heat or power or refreshment, but ignoring him the rest of the time. He's a person. He's God with us. He's God abiding in us and with us. And she carries on. Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, but he has not abandoned us. He has given us another counselor to be with us forever. This paracletos is the personification of the Father and the Son. He is the indwelling, empowering presence of God, and we can get to know him and relate to him as a real living person. And if you want to know more about that, you can borrow my book or you can buy one yourself. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit and that promise was fulfilled. So my question is, do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know what it is to have the Holy Spirit in your life? Now, a few of you might be thinking, what you on about now? A few years ago, if someone had asked me those questions, I might have run a mile. Fear of the unknown can make us do crazy things. I had some teaching about the Holy Spirit. I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of praying and praying with others and came to know that the Holy Spirit was in my life. And that changed my life. You see, we can't live Christ-like lives in our own strength. So there has to be something or someone else which helps us. Now, some sitting here today or watching may have encountered the Holy Spirit themselves. And will be able to share the difference this has made to their lives the fact that I'm standing here is part of the difference it's made to my life. Jesus promised us the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we need to know that we have been called by God and we've been empowered to carry on the work of the kingdom through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in order to do that, we need to be conduits of God's blessing of the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. And then we think about Holy Spirit teaching. Verse 26 says, The the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Sadly, we live in a world today where many doubt Jesus and even more including some Christians will doubt the existence of Holy Spirit. Some Christians perhaps even look or think of the Holy Spirit with skepticism as again they've not had the teaching about what living life with the Holy Spirit means. One of the best ways of learning more about the Holy Spirit is Is to pray. Now, most of us pray, most of us can manage a wee prayer on our own for a specific thing or a person. But how often do we pray for a deeper relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? If we're honest, and I include myself in this, most might say not enough we may not know how to pray in the Spirit. So can I encourage you to relax into it? Let the Helper, the Holy Spirit, help you. Or as it says in verse 26, 26, let the Helper teach you. And sometimes we need to go back to prayer basics. You see, when we pray, either on our own, or in a group, it doesn't matter, It doesn't matter if the words don't come out properly. I have to say when I first came here after um Helen told me about a prayer meeting, I hadn't ever been to a prayer meeting. I'd gone to church since I was a girl, but I hadn't never been at a church with a prayer meeting. And the first time I came to a prayer meeting, I thought this is great, I'm gonna pray. And we're all sitting and then you know, Bibles read and so on and then people start praying about things I think right they're praying about that what am I going to say and I spend ages thinking about if I say these words I'll not sound stupid and then by the time I've actually thought of the sentence or two I'm going to say in prayer they've moved on to another topic and I'm thinking oh no so prayer sometimes is a challenge but it doesn't need to be whether we're praying in a individually or whether we're praying in a group, it doesn't matter if you say the same words as somebody else, it doesn't matter if the subject change changes. You pray what is in and on your heart. In doing so, we're building a part, we're building a relationship with God. And in order to do that, we're almost like babies. I've got a baby grandson who is seven months old and he's babbling. Blah, 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 mom, 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 not quite mum yet. They spend a few months babbling away. They make all sorts of mistakes. Unintelligible babble. But as time goes on, we can understand, particularly the parents will understand more, about what the noises mean until at last words are formed. The mum, mum, or dad, dad comes out. And then the, the food and everything else. And the next few years are spent learning how to construct sentences. Well, it can be like that when we pray. But practice, as it does for the baby, practice makes perfect So the more praying we do, the more God will be able to hear our requests clearly. Now, I'm glad Helen led the prayers for Turkey today, because sometimes there will be time, times when we can't find the right words to say, the right words to pray, particularly when we do hear of terrible things happening. I have to admit, I was feeling a bit like that this week on seeing the images and the news from Turkey and Syria of fearful people looking for loved ones in amongst the rubble of the earthquake. It can bring tears to our eyes. But if it does that, how do we respond? Let the Holy Spirit teach you how to respond Yes, we might turn to prayer, but in the midst of all this devastation, it must be hard for people to know how to pray. I was watching a news clip last night, and I saw some people praying as they were digging out people. And you think, how on earth do they know I'm struggling and I'm miles away? However, help came in yesterday's daily devotional app. I use the Lexio 365, L-E-C-T-I-O, 365 numbers. And it's uh, an app to help anyone who wants to. It guides our prayers by focusing on passages of Scripture. And sometimes it detracts from a passage, or it would still use Scripture, but when an event like um, has happened this week there will be a focus on that. And in yesterday's Daily Bible devotional, there were prayers from people on the ground in Turkey and Syria. And in that, I was reminded of the words of Romans 8, or we were, because it was in the app. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness can be turned into prayers. Our tears are the groaning of the Spirit and we just need to connect with that. So even if we don't have the words to pray, the Holy Spirit is already interceding on our behalf. We just need to ask. Sometimes... We just need to be guided to the right passage of scripture or a worship song or something similar to help us connect with the Holy Spirit and thereby deepen our relationship with God. And somehow we will be given the right words to pray from our hearts. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is here. So in summing up, can I ask three questions? Do you love God enough to keep his commands? Do you know the Holy Spirit in your life? And are you teachable? If the answer is yes to those questions keep listening for God's call and cheering others on because we are called to encourage others as well. But maybe at this time, the answer is no. So can I encourage you to know that God wants to awaken something that may be dormant in you. Come and speak to the ministry team. from the next week or two we'll be starting prayer ministry again or if you want prayer today come and see me and I'll find someone else and we'll pray for you for your situation Romans 5 5 says God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us Jesus has fulfilled his promise can we Fulfill our promise to him. Amen.